Hello from Miami, Florida, right in the middle of the hurricane. Yes, and we are not letting anything stop us here in Miami. We are after a sheriff. We are after the truth. And we are not letting any amount of wind stop us today here in South Florida. We are hearing lots of whispers coming through our doorways. So if something does happen and we end up losing power, that would be the only reason that we are going to let the truth hold us back. And today I have my mother who is not paying attention to me, that she has just been added to the screen. Because not only do I have my mother who has read every book of our awesome guest, Sheila Holm. And Sheila, welcome to Patriot's Perspective. It's good to be with you. Really good to be with you. We're so glad that you're here, Sheila. So, you know, people know that you've been a big inspiration and um, you have provided so much truth to America that they are still asleep at the wheel, which is really annoying to me. And um, all the truth is in your books. So I want to bring out some of the truth that are that's in the books today. And if everybody can let us know, it looks like we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Rumble. Um, and earlier today, it was looking like they were not going to let us on Facebook with the name Sheila Holm or a link with Brighteon. By the way, Brighteon TV, our friends Brett, or Ohio Brett is listening. <laughs> so we want to thank everybody for being here and for helping us share the truth because that is what we are doing here today and there is no better guest than i can think of than the person who has helped wake me up with her, her books sheila home and brett has just said hello sheila home thank you for coaching up ohio brett too <laughs> so sheila there's so much truth in your books um you know, when I'm trying to describe who you are, you know, it's even hard for me to describe who Sheila Holm is. So when people ask you who Sheila Holm is, what do you say? An ambassador for Christ, a representative of the Lord Almighty. And and Sheila, that is there's no better title than that. And, you know, but you're so much you're God has given you such an amazing insight on things that have happened that. It is absolutely phenomenal. And um, I'm very grateful that he gave you the insights that he has. And uh, what's really interesting is one of the things that, that caught my attention early on was that you are originally from Nebraska, but God mm -hmm. sent you to Georgia, my home state of Georgia. Well, you sent me to California. So okay. I was in California uh, for a long time. And then when he sent me to Georgia, it was only going to be for three days. And then the adult children of the host family said, our parents have known you for 15 years. We haven't had a chance to get to know you. So you've got to come back for three weeks. We've got to take it all the peach locations. We've got to do all the different kinds of barbecue in Georgia uh, and the music in Georgia. We've got to do all of it. And so they said, you got to come for three weeks. I said, I've never been to Macon, Georgia in my life. When would I come back for three weeks? And exactly three months later, God gave me a three-week opportunity in Macon, Georgia. And uh, it's been on and off ever since that. And that was in the late September, early October of 20, uh, 2013. And it was exactly when the government was shut down. And it didn't open up until the next morning after my return flight was scheduled. And father gave me the date to schedule it. He told me to take a late night flight, which I normally do not do. 
um, that that's his sense of humor. And I've been in and out of Georgia since the fall of 2013. Oh, wow. Uh, so uh, around, I, I ended up finding you around Christmas, uh, r r directly before, I want to say maybe mid 2020 during the pandemic. And um, I came across one of your videos and first of all, mom, you came across her video first, right? You have to mute. <laughs> okay. We got a big echo here. It's like, it's not going to work. Okay. She, she wanted you to have to mute. You hadn't muted, I guess, for her to be clear. Okay. And now you're muted. Okay, I'm not really sure why it wasn't working, but she was muted. And are you muted now? You are. So are you? Am I muted now? Can you guys hear? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. So mom basically found a video, I believe, of you on Club Thirty Six. Is that right? Paul Oval. Oh, on Paul Oval originally. She's saying on Paul Oval, and with videos to be exact. Yes. Seven videos, she's saying. We'll figure out, we'll try to figure out the audio while you're speaking um, about something. I apologize, but she is, it's our first time being across the table from each other mm -hmm. in the middle of the hurricane. Um, but she found you on Paul Obel. And um, I remember watching the same videos that she had watched. And then I, I went searching for more. And then I found you on a like a Club 36 um, video, and it had been recorded like. I want to say like 2016 or 2017. I don't even know how early it was, but it was shocking that you knew all of these things that were coming before, you know, they actually came. I think the date was most alarming. It was so alarming that I utilized that date and that video to wake up so many people that it has now been banned from YouTube. Um, and so that particular video, um, you shared so much insight and things that you had. So I would love for you to tell Sheila, just take it away and tell people, you know, what your story and, and what you, you know, what, how, you, how you actually, the Lord showed you what is, what he did show you. Well, um, the seven steps uh, that your mom probably saw on Paul Obel's program, I was on Faith Network and they took it down and then I was on Truth Unveiled TV and on Truth Unveiled TV, we knew each other for a while. We had done interviews for a while and we did what's called uh, the seven, uh, we had a seven series on the Deep State Church and that I think shocked a lot of people. And uh, I lived it uh, back in the 1990s and then I never shared or exposed what they were up to until they attacked Mark Taylor, and that was in February 21. And then uh, in March, I exposed them on Upfront and the Prophetic, and that's an interview Paul saw. And then he was intrigued about it because he knew a lot of the names and a lot of the people I was involved with um, back in the 90s. Um, and I, I didn't get involved with them. I didn't participate with them because I could see what it is that they were doing, and it was just, it was tearful. They were changing the entire structure of the body and adding a deep state level at the very top of the church structure. And uh, anyone that doesn't want to cooperate after they get involved gets shunned with an email. 
And so I was called in right before this happened with Mark Taylor to uh, assist in coaching and counseling of a pastor because um, the pastors want to commit suicide when you've been part of this club and you've been important and you've been given this apostle title and you, then you are a vertical apostle until you add other churches under you. Then you become a horizontal apostle. None of this is with God. And they were paying dues on a monthly basis and they had to attend four summits a year and et cetera. So all of these um, pastors who were promoted to prophets, who were then promoted to apostles, ended up being um being uh, the people who are, are now in control and telling people to do things that um, that Christ and our Father are not telling us to do. Um, but they've uh, eliminated the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, you don't know what it is that you can do. And that's why Paul was so interested in the series and wanted me to cover all of it because I've lived it. And uh, then they came out with a prophetic standard statement, and that was in April of 21. And uh, when they came out with the prophetic standard statement, um, they didn't sign it. It was just 32 people uh, tasked with quality control. And they called themselves the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders. There is no apostolic council in the body, and there is no level of prophetic elders. I mean, they're using names that sound really amazing, and these people have TV programs. They have uh, big followings. They've been on platform for years. That's how I met all of them, because I was a business speaker, and Father wanted me to share the information to help Christians in business. And that's how it all started back in the, in the late 80s and early 90s. And so I became a very well-known keynote speaker and then, um, and then I wrote a business book and then boom, when they found out where God was sending me all over the world, they wanted me to participate in all of this. And so that's what I think your mom heard because that seven series uh, woke up a lot of people because I proved when I did the, there's a, a video, it's now on Rumble because I've been Everything that I've done with it doesn't matter the source on YouTube has pretty much been banned over the years. And so uh, on Rumble, if you look up up front in the prophetic and you go back to June 1 of 2021, you will see an interview that I did and it's called Coming in Hot. We did it late the night before. And so I was up until after 1230. I just laid down and God got me up at 215. I already had the car loaded and I took off for uh, California at um, 2.30 a.m. that morning. And uh, Father just covers all of this. But uh, when I did not know who signed it, and I said, people are gonna wanna know because they're telling us, agree with this, believe in this, agree with this, believe in this, but they just have you push to sign. So you don't even go to the document. You don't even read the document. They just want people to sign because they want numbers. So because they've always been big about their numbers, their dollars and their numbers. And none of that is important to the father. The father's important are the souls whole. Are the people okay? And the focus has not been about the people for a long, long time. So when I said, I don't know, so the father, father, father. I don't know what else to do. Father said, what I want you to do is go back to that organization that tried to establish it with you as a third person back in 99. So I went and looked at their website and it, I didn't see it. So father said to put in their website and then put in prophetic standard statement. And then it was hidden in a news article 
in a separate section of their website that doesn't come up when you just ask for one and not the other. So Father's been such a wonderful guy. The Holy Spirit is so amazing because when these things are so painful as to what they're doing within the body and dividing the body and telling people to judge certain people because they're not like they are, the, the church got everything going crazy when y'all had to be the same kind. So you got to talk like they talk. You got to dress like they dress. You got to do all of these things that they want you to do. And none of that's of the father. And yeah. so that's why we've created this whole structure in America of people who want their same kind. You see what I mean? Yes. We drove people to this because they were rejected from who? The people who you weren't like. So we've right. rejected so many of God's messengers because they don't look like us, they don't talk like us, they don't, but Father sent them. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't know the Father sent them. And we have turned away powerful people of the Father who now are not in position doing the things they need to be doing because this other elite society group swooped in, took over control of it. And it all started in July of 1999 when they wanted me to be the third person was C. Peter Wagner, John P. Kelly, and it was going to be Sheila Holm. They wanted the testimonies of what Father was doing with me, because I was all over the world on God's dime. I'm still on God's dime, but I was all over the world on God's dime at that time, and it shocked everybody. And so they, they saw the emails I was sending, and they said, you're quite the writer. We want you to write the email every month to the members. I said, of what? And they said, we're going to go out and commission apostles. And I said, you can't go out and commission apostles. Father has to call them. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, there's nobody on the planet who could send me to Australia with nothing. And I know it's okay. And I'm going to keep being extended and everything's going to be handled. And I want to be blessed the whole time I'm there. And every time I get ready to do something else, I don't have an extra coin or tunic. But then God sends me from Australia on to Tonga after he sent me for free to Australia. The airlines gave me a ticket because they said, you have to do it. You have to do it. God needs me in Australia in three days. I mean, that's been my life for more than 30 years. And so because if we would live by faith and function in his storehouse, we could operate in his currency. And we wouldn't be so concerned about all the money and the numbers that we've been. That's all they train about in the church, how to get money, how to get numbers, how to get more numbers, how to get more money. That's what the whole focus is. I've watched them in the green rooms practice how to go out and get more money. And if the guy they send out and you don't, and they take the offering, they're right away counting it. And then they count it and it's not quite what they want. So they send somebody else out there and they're practicing on mirrors. Back in the green room, you guys don't get to see this, but I've been, and I just had to pull away from all of them. I just had to pull away from all of them. I just couldn't participate anymore. And so I said, Father, there's nothing I can do. And he said, through me, you can do all things. And he has brought me through such horrific things that I've in essence been to hell and back multiple times. But now I can connect the dots because I can tell you how they're operating behind the scenes because I've been there. I can yeah. tell you what they're doing to the people because I've been there. I can show you how they operate because they've done it all to me. And so for Father to give all of this richness ahead of time is so like him. And the second interview you mentioned, uh, Club 36 used to be Channel 36 in Augusta, Georgia. And so I was living in central Georgia at the time, but I was introduced to the hostess, Dorothy Spaulding. She is now Channel 49 in TV in Augusta. It's a Christian channel. And it, they kept Club 36 because it was such a popular show to do Club 36. So they do it like it's a club of all of us getting together. 
And uh, so she interviewed me within a month of the first For the Sake of America book coming out in 2016. And she was so fascinated with that interview that she's interviewed me on all of the books since, and she's gone back and interviewed me on several of the other books. And it's just, it's a powerful relationship. I really appreciate them. I'm doing all I can to help them. And I make sure I donate to them on a monthly basis. They're just, they're doing so much in the world to help so many people. And so uh, that interview was because she was so shocked that that book came out on Yom Kippur. And the humor is that For the Sake of America, five book series came out five years in a row and every single book came out on the Yom Kippur date of that particular year. So from 26 to 2020, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Day of Repentance, Day of Atonement. And people said, I want to Yom Kippur prayer. And I said, we're not supposed to just repent on Yom Kippur. We're supposed to repent all the time. Because it's true. If And the, the quote was constantly, Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name, and people don't know how to call him by his name because we've never used his names. So when he showed me that the names of Baal are God with a capital G, Lord with a capital L, Master of the Universe with a capital M, I just sat and cried. That's the first thing he told me to Google. The second was the genealogy of Donald Trump, and that was for a different book in the series. And, um, and he's just been so fun. It's like a treasure hunt. People go, no, it sounds like a scavenger hunt. You go here and you do that. I said, no, it's a treasure hunt. He gives me riches of information. And I had no idea that it was all going to match with current events. I had no idea that eight and nine generation people in Georgia had no idea there was a Georgia Guidestones or how evil it was or what it was, or what the impact of that is upon our generations. Um, it's just and it's me. I'm just a farmer's daughter from Nebraska. It was cute you mentioned Nebraska because I told God, I said, yeah, I'm from Nebraska, but I've been out in California for a long time. And uh, when he gave me a vision one night, it was so amazing. And and um, and I, I, I'm going to go ahead. He said, yeah, Sherry. So I was really upset because I was in Macon for 15 months without a car. And I said, Father, I don't know if I've done something to upset you. I don't know what I've done, but please, please, can we go somewhere? And God said, I need you there. And I placed you there. And it's the heart of Georgia. I said, everybody calls it the armpit of Georgia. It's kind of in the position of the state to be the armpit of Georgia. It's, and he said, no, it's the heart of Georgia. So he showed me the eastern seaboard and he brought up the Georgia map as a beautiful Burlwood. And I have a wonderful friend from San Diego named Beryl Burl. And she she's a big part of book five. I don't want to spoil any of that, but she, her history and her lineage falls right into the serious, serious details of book five. And uh, so he brings up this map and he shows a red heart beating and he shows Macon, the heart of Georgia. And I said, Father, I just, he said, I will give you three confirmations this week. So then he ends up uh, showing me the map and he spans it to do Nebraska. And then Nebraska comes up as a beautiful Burlwood map. And it says Nebraska, the heart of the nation. I said, I know, God, I heard it the whole time. The breadbasket, the center, you know, uh, we're exactly from north to south, east to west. We're right in the middle. I get it. Uh, but 
God, I didn't come from Nebraska. My God didn't know, right? And so then he expands the map and he and I look in San Diego, California, nothing comes up. No, there's no map. There's nothing happening. I said, but God, it's so amazing. And um, and you know I love it there. And he said, so what does it look like to you, Sheila? And I said, it looks like a major desert. And I know it's a desert, but it's beautiful from the ground. It's so beautiful from the ground. And I'm so appreciative of the years you have me there. And, and he goes, Sheila, how many years were you there? Well, I'm trying to, the three days he brought me in 2013 was exactly at the point of when I went to California. And I was in California exactly 40 years before God sent me to Georgia. And so I panicked and went, it's my promised land. I, I'm being real calm because I, I know the microphone can go crazy. So I, I was just I'm being very calm. I wasn't calm. When God did this, I wasn't calm. I went, you really are upset with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and he said, no, it's not your promised land. It's a promise to my people. And I, he, I, he said, you wanted to be here. And I go, I've never talked to you about Georgia. Never mentioned Georgia. I know I never mentioned Georgia. I never asked about Georgia. I never asked you to send me to Georgia. I didn't know what to do in Georgia. So I, I know it wasn't me that wanted to be in Georgia. And God said, the people cried out for someone to help them. So I sent you. And every time I took you somewhere in the world, he said, could you please send somebody to the people to bring them the truth so that we can live in unity and liberty and freedom as these people. And he said, so I sent you. And I bet you weren't expecting him to send you ever. Mm -mm. Yeah. I've never like, if, if we just listen as as Christians, if we just listen to what God is telling us to do, we and we don't let anything else get in the way, we can do, Jesus said we would do bigger things than he does. So I don't understand. <clears throat> to me, I find it very hard for people not to have the faith of even the mustard seed of believing that we can actually do those things. So for him to utilize you in the way that he has has been absolutely amazing and um he's still utilizing you through your devotion and many other books that you've written um, the one thing that i want my people from georgia to know is you know with the guide stones you know the enemy has basically created the depopulation stones I made my dad go there to actually see that, you know, there were real depopulation stones. And I said, I know this is going to be the only time we're going to be able to see them. And he says, what do you mean? And I said, they're going to be gone soon. And he says, oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you're going to take this down too? And I said, no, I'm not, but he is. And he's like, like, he says, oh, what are you a preacher now? You know what? We don't have to be a preacher. We don't have to be standing in a pulpit to make a proclamation that he has given us because when he gives us a word, it is a word. If we just believe it is going to happen. And mm -hmm. I believe many of us are believing that was going to happen. And not only I did, I was not only the one who got the word for that, but a lot of other people also, you know, got the same proclamation that those stones going to be gone because it's not of God's will. And if it's not of his will, he makes it very easy for us to, to interject and just believe. And that's all he, I believe that's all he really wants is for us just to believe in him and that he will get things done. So I'm getting very perturbed with people Sheila, that won't just believe they know, but they won't believe. 
So in other words, like if you're one of those people that are running out to get every new um, treatment that's being offered and you don't believe that God will heal you or believe that God will send someone in your in your path that you actually have to go and get everything. I'm just getting annoyed. Maybe I'm just, you know, we are at war. Speaking of that, um, Sheila, we are at war. Um, I believe we're at war. You believe we're at war, right? Uh, yeah, I, I cannot be on interviews when they don't think we're at war. Uh, the war crimes were committed on 9-3-2020 in our face. Yeah. Other nations became involved in an election in America to take away our country. And if we cannot grasp that those are war crimes, um, we need more help <laughs> yeah. than, than what humans can give you. But you were so right about what you were just reviewing and sharing is that man's plans always fail. This is all throughout the scripture. Man's plans are going to fail. They always fail. Only the father's plans will stand. And, um, and again and again in the scripture, and I found this, it was so funny when we did the devotional together, I did a warrior's battlefield strategy devotional and I wasn't going to do a devotional. I don't like the fluffy stuff and putting it all out on social media. And then the next day, nobody even knows what they put out the day before. And so I said, I'm just not going to do it. And he changed it all and made it so powerful. And again and again, he gave me scriptures of support. What can mere mortals do to us? Yeah, we yeah. forget that we're with him. We're seated in heavenly places. We've got more power and authority within us than um, than anyone, because if Christ is truly in your heart and that should be your your thanks and, and praise to the father. Thank you that Christ is in my heart. Thank you that all power and authority resides within me, because that's more power and authority than is in Niagara Falls. And father had me research it and it handles three point eight million homes just on the U.S. side of the Niagara Falls. So if we could comprehend how powerful we are in the midst of what they're trying to do to us, because what can they do to us? Mm -hmm. Nothing. That's right. Well, I say if people can, can quit calling each other crazy and quit calling each mm -hmm. other names and actually just get busy and doing things, um, that we might be surprised what we can actually accomplish. Instead of pointing fingers over here, pointing fingers left and right and center. Um, what have you done today that, you know, God has called you to do? And what have you actually listened to him for? And and what attacks have you tried to make on other people trying to tear them down or or stop them or prohibit them from doing other things? Because it's absolutely just grotesque, if you ask me, um, especially, you know, when you're saying that you're a Christian and you're doing other things. Yes. I mean, Sheila, you know that I've, I've even said, you know, should I go to the, should I go to the priest and tell him <laughs> about this? No, they already know. <laughs> um, so what can people do? You know, when, when we're talking about the pastors that are in the pulpit, because, you know, there are some pastors and they know exactly what's happening. And then there's some priests that they have no idea what's happening, or I feel like they have no idea what's happening, but maybe they do. Um, and they're just a part of it. So how do we, I mean, you know, other than just asking the father, like what we are supposed to do, I mean, and then ultimately I know that that's it, but are there certain signs that you think we should look out for? Like if we are, if there are people in a church that they, you know, maybe they're Catholic or maybe they're, you know, they're going to one of these big mega churches, um, the Baptist mega churches or the Christian mega churches. How can we know that 
the people that are behind the pulpit are either genuine or not? And if, if, if we don't think that they are, what do you think we should do about it? We're not to look to man. We're not to look to other people. What's our responsibility in this? It was such a powerful example. When you first told me that Miami and Dade merged together, I said, I'm seeing it all over the country. The first thing to check out is when they do that, they're ruining the structure of the city and they're ruining the structure of the county. So what you need to look for first, because the first thing they do is eliminate the sheriff. And because they've eliminated so many sheriffs, now they wanted to defund the police. Why are they doing that? That's the way you take over. That's the plan to take over. And so when we discuss that, that's why I've been saying again and again, our focus is not to take on the word of someone behind a pulpit as though that's how we're supposed to live. We're all supposed to be trained up in the truth. You cannot have liberty and freedom in a nation when you're depending on just a few hundred bastards to carry you through. And it, Father never set it up this way. And he never set up the fivefold ministry to only be about pastors. We're completely off track with how Father set this up, completely off track. So they narrow it all down to the pastors to do what? To control everything. So you go run into the church to get a word on Sunday. That's yeah. just like running in a locker room, being so excited. You're getting ready for the game. It's going to be a wonderful week. And, and then by the afternoon, you don't even get out on the field. You don't take any action. You aren't doing anything. You're, you go have a big lunch. You kind of rest in the afternoon because you're thinking that's your resting day. Our Sabbath is Saturday. Why do you suppose the enemy put all these sporting events from Friday night to Saturday night? Either your children are in junior high or high school or college or even the little kids with T-ball. They're doing something all day from Friday night, all day Saturday to Saturday night. Why? Because you're supposed to gather as a family on Friday evening. You're supposed to fellowship. Yes. Say yes. what's happening in your life. Share a meal together. And then on Saturday, be with the Father. Seek his truth in all of these things and rest in him. We haven't learned to rest in him. <clears throat> And then on Saturday night, you come together with neighbors or friends that are also in your fellowship. And then you discuss all the testimonies of what's happened from what you were speaking about Friday night to Saturday night, which lifts you up for your whole week. Right. And your new week begins on Sunday, the venerable day of the sun when they worship the sun God. We've been completely asleep to the fact that it has nothing to do with us. Christ didn't do any of that when he was here, and they call it Christianity. I mean, so there is so much that's off. So for people wanting me to say, this is a good pastor, this isn't a good pastor, this is a priest you can trust, this is the Father who you can trust. And when you go to the Father, he'll reveal all things unto you. He will not withhold from you. He doesn't love me one ounce more than anybody that's hearing this message. Not one ounce. I, I'm just the same follower of him and I'll do what he wants me to do and say what he wants me to say. Cause that's what Christ said. And when people say, why do you say father so much? It should be saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I've already been through this so many times because Jesus doesn't have the power. Jesus. A lot of people have the name Jesus. Jesus. They a lot do. And that's why you have to say is, are you a messenger from the Jesus of Nazareth? If you get a message, if you're not aware of where it comes from, because there's people believing angel messages. And Paul even said, go back and check. 
You don't know who those angels represent, you know, because they can say I'm an angel and people go, oh, they're one of God's angels. Or somebody like General Flynn can say there are legions that father and they go, oh, my gosh, he's talking about legions of demons. Christ talked about the legions of angels of the almighty Lord who are warring angels. So which legions do you believe in? You want to think that he's saying legions of demons or do you want to realize that he's saying the legions, the army angels, the warring angels of the father, the ones who know how to do this battle? Are you with them? So we are so unaware of what we need to know. And it's, it's all the truth. It's all in scripture. It's all explained. Uh, one day I said, well, how big is just an average angel? He said, well, it's in my word. I said, okay, where is it in your word? And he said, in Revelation, I'm pretty sure it's in Revelation. And it tells you how many cubits an angel is. And I said, well, then I feel like Noah, you know, how many, how, how long is a cubit? Is it a height? Is it a, is it a width? What is a cubit? And he said, there's a conversion table, Sheila. He had to tell me how to go look it up. He tells me all this stuff. And, and Bill Morford, who translated the Hebrew into the new uh, one new man Bible, he translated the Hebrew direct into English. I tell you the father's prayer in that Bible is so outstanding. It's worth getting the Bible just to see that. And you can get it on onenewmanbible.com at a much lower price than they try and sell it out in the marketplace. But anyway, and write a note to Bill Morford. So anyway, um, when he explained these things, you know, and confirmed for these things that this is what's happening, Father is so good to do this. And he said, it's almost like you're arguing with him, but you just need to know he enjoys it. And he didn't know me from anybody. And he said, the conversations you've been having with him to anybody else would sound like, well, I don't think I'm going to do that until you explain this. And that's not what I do. I just want to know that I know that I know that I know that it's from him because I don't want to, I don't want to be on a path with him and then get distracted by something I think he's saying and, and end up to the right or left of what he's doing and get left in this whole 30 plus year process. He's never left me on the side of the road. He's given me two cars. One is 23 years old and one is just a few months that I've had it, but it's a four-year-old car and he's done both of them exactly the same way. I don't have to do anything. The first one was in three days. This one was in less than one day. It was being delivered to the house because I had to get somewhere. And I said, well, I'll just wait until my car is repaired. And he arranged it all in less than 24 hours. So there are things that he can do with us if we will stay right on that path with him and not go to the left or the right. And the only way to do that, and I've been saying this for the whole 30 plus years, get tight, please, with the Father. Get tight with the Father. And the reason why I pray to the Father, that's how Christ taught us. People go, she's talking about the Father all the time. She just needs to be more Jesus-oriented. That's what the church does. And when you pray in Jesus' name, amen, there's no power. I've never seen a witch or, or anyone in voodoo ever levitate off the ground on the word Jesus. But you say, my Christ, my Lord and Savior, my Christ, boom, they're up off the ground. At least two or three years. They know it's holy ground. The power is in the Savior, in the Redeemer, in the Christ. And so, and he taught us how to pray. And he said, pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, not my kingdom. Christ didn't make it about himself. And people are just, it's just so funny because we follow the leader instead of following the Father. And that's one of the biggest messages I, I can give out every single day. What did Father say? When people write to me with all these problems in their life, they're declaring how much the enemy is impacting their life. And I keep saying, flip the switch. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start thanking the father, praising him. You have three children. They may all be out on the streets right now. They may all be on drugs because they gave them Ritalin in school. And I'm giving you direct examples of what I get every single day. Mm-hmm. But thank the father for doing whatever it takes to bring them back into the center of the family, the true family of the, of the living Lord. Thank them for that. And if you do, Lord, always do all capitals. He said, only when it's all capitals, is it really me? You're muted. Muted again. Am I muted now? Can you hear me now? Okay, you're unmuted. Okay. So if people just stop and think that what does the Catholic Church have people go and pray to? The Father. You know, they've tried to replace the the priest father with our actual heavenly father that Jesus prayed to. So they're praying to the Virgin Mary and praying to, you know, they, they make you think that you have to go to a father to pray when you don't, you have the father all the time. You have our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name with you all the time. The same father, like you said, that Jesus prayed to. So I think if we all just stop and like logically think about things, it's very easy to see what they've tried to do to deceive people into not only giving money, but you know, not only do they, do they ask for money when you go, but they also want the prayer candle lit, which is a very witchery thing, things that, you know, they do in the occult, (coughs) we know. So it's very interesting how they've really taken things that, you know, that God intended for us as good. And like you just said, Sheila, it's very important. You know, I know a lot of Jesus's and matter of fact, they even hate having their name to be like Jesus, you know, like, mm-hmm. like why did my parents name me this? Like literally like, they're like, I would go change my name if it weren't such a disrespect to my mom. And I'm like, well, she thought that you, you know, she, I believe that their parents probably thought they were doing good, right? Like they wanted their children to be like Jesus <laughs> when they named them. But yes, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't ring the bell unless it's the full name, as you have said. Um, so when it comes to, you know, we're at war, we know that we're at war. We're not going to go into the depths because we're on Facebook and YouTube. We're not going to go into the depths here, but, um, definitely follow our rumble channel. And, um, I talk about war all the time. Um, and, and not only are we at war, but, um, we had president Trump actually tell us that we're at war and it's worse than, um, it's worse than any war, World Two, worse than um, New Kojima, I want to say. Um, New Regima. Hiroshima. Sorry, my Hiroshima. 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 See, we both had it wrong. But he basically listed off a number of wars, and he said, you know, this is worse than bad. <clears throat> but people did not pay attention to that when he made that proclamation at, during a press briefing, and. When I first reached out to you, you and I had discussed the Geneva Convention. So can you talk a little bit about that so that people will realize like we are number one at war? Because, you know, I believe that it would be absolutely treasonous for a president to say that we're at war when we're not. And especially saying that it's a worse war than any other war than than we've been in. Um, okay, I can I can do that. Let's let's hold on to that. When you mentioned about the Catholic Church, do you remember a prayer that General Flynn said of the seven rays and Michael? And everybody insisted it was a demonic prayer. What they didn't understand, and what you just covered uh, in brief, is that the occultism and the spiritualism is in all the churches. 
um, you're meeting on Sunday, the day of the sun god. And we're worshiping the sun god on the venerable day of the sun. That's the day that the shops are closed. It was merged by Constantine. He did it on purpose to take us away after Christ came to earth to give us the truth and to operate in the truth. They merged us in with the Gentiles. Now, what does that mean? Look at Jeremiah 10 and you'll see one of the worst occultist um, celebrations is Christmas from December 24 to January 6 of the 13 high holy days. And the things that we do not know, the four Advent candles we light in the church are to pray that the dead sun god will reincarnate. All of the sun gods, but Dionysus, the winemaking one, were on December 25. So they moved his date to December 25. I mean, if we knew Christ didn't do any of this when he was here, we're coming up on one of the worst ones of the entire year. Halloween. They call it in Mexico, the day of the dead. They wear the masks, the day of the dead. The most rituals, the most, de most death, the most sacrifices are on that eve. And so we're coming up on a real powerful time that I really hope we can be ahead of a lot of this by then. And that's why the president, now on the other part that you wanted to talk about, about war, our president, as soon as he got in in 2017, began rewriting something called the Law of War Manual. The Law of War Manual has 1,199 pages. And I'm so deeply grateful for the depth of understanding and wisdom that our president got from the father. Uh, he has rewritten the Law of War Manual to match with the Geneva Convention. Now, why would that be important? He got every nation aligned. We're all dealing with this war. And the war is within every nation, and it, this level of evil goes back before the Civil War, and the depth of it goes back to the garden. And that's why when they put up the Georgia Guidestones, they did it on 322 of 1980. So Lucifer has been convincing all of his followers that ever since the, uh, the garden, when Father said in Genesis 322, now that they know good from evil, lest they stretch out and eat of the tree of life and live forever, pause, say law. He's so ashamed that he turned and left the garden. So Lucifer has used that, that we all need to be eliminated. There's no room for us. And that's why it's very profound after everything Father has shown me and now the Soldiers Monument in Gettysburg, which tries to counter the... Um, where we were at in this nation after they built the faith monument, but it was all planned. The soldier monument is the exact shape and design and, and process, but the faces on the people and the depictions and the sculptures of the people confirm this is what they were fighting then. And now I've just received five copies yesterday uh, from uh, various people on a three hour video where the Catholic Church, the Catholic people, and the Jesuits were behind the Civil War in killing the Protestants. Now, that's kind of a match with what Luciferian people are thinking about believers. So for people to be so horrific around General Flynn, when that prayer is not considered a demonic prayer in the Catholic Church, it's got a rosary. 
It's got the rosary prayer with the little prayer card. And they asked him to pray. And they make such a big deal about that, that he didn't know a Holy Spirit filled prayer. How many men get up and stand up in church and share a prayer publicly with a microphone? And he did not want to share a prayer because he prays privately to his father on private things. That's how we were all raised. We weren't raised to do corporate prayer. We weren't raised to stand behind a podium with a microphone and pray. So to judge a man of that caliber and say that he's working with demons when the entire structure of all the churches relate to the Holy Roman Catholic Church. That's why book five says all roads lead to Rome. It all goes back to the Roman Empire and it all goes back to the Holy Roman Catholic Church. They were one. And that's why you talk to people in the Catholic Church. They feel their church is the church that's going to get to heaven. Nobody else is, but they know the way. They know that. That's because man told them that. Yeah. It doesn't matter when you don't have the relationship with the Father. You're not going to get there. When you're not saved, when you're not fully committed. And that's why to get a pep talk and think it's all great and not do anything out on the field, you wouldn't even be brought back to be on the team the next year. And we don't even think about that. Can Father use us? Can he work through us? As Christ said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. And he didn't do any of this stuff we're doing in churches across this country or around the world. That's why the pilgrims brought the truth to us. They banned the European church structure when they came to America. And it was not turned around until... And people say, well, yeah, there were some church gatherings. They were building churches. Yeah, they were doing it. But what they were doing was banned because it's banned in the scriptures. You don't do things. The feast of the father, the feasts and festivals of the father are completely outlined in Leviticus 23. And Hanukkah was added when he sent his son as a light to the world. You're not, you're muted. You know, what's really interesting with, with that is that, just the thought of the pointing fingers and pretending like we know more than the other person. Again, we know, we don't really know. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that don't know each other, but they, they tend to want to point fingers at anyone who has any kind of platform at all. And um, without really knowing or asking questions and, Um, the reality is we should be just like you said, Sheila, going to, to the father and really asking him, you know, should this be somebody that I should be pointing fingers at? And where did I originally hear this information about such person? You know, I think we've all had to go back over the last couple of years and go, who really told us this to begin with? Because in this whole movement and, and being at war, there's been a lot of untruth, Um, that's been told about people originally. And you kind of have to go back and go, well, okay. So I heard that from this person who I no longer trust. So I would just say that, you know, that's one of the things that I encourage people to do is go back and and just try to recall why you, who produced the evidence to show you why you might believe these things, because that is something that unless unless the father shows us evidence of why, why we may believe these things, we actually need to stop and we need to repent for it. I mean, and listen, Sheila, there's many times I've had to repent for, for things that I've questioned things, but I also try to come clean and clear with people 
and say, you know, hey, this is maybe, you know, where we heard the information originally, you know, if we find that that source is no longer reliable, then we have to basically come, we have to basically tell the people and tell them immediately, not withhold information, because it is important and, and time is important right now. And we also know that the enemy um, has also planted people to disperse incorrect information to make us think because we are as much in a mind war and an information war um, with all the censorship as we are in any other kind of war. Well, we've, uh, we've been programmed to listen to man. And so many people don't even know how to hear from God because they don't have the Holy Spirit. I've been told many times, we'd love to have you come to our church, but just don't, don't mention the Holy Spirit. It's going to get you in trouble. And I said, if I can't bring him, I can't come. And they said, why? They said, because I only say what I hear the Father say. So if you want to know something from me, then I got to bring him because as people have said, I don't know how this woman knows all this information. I I had a pastor. This guy was in Riverside uh, County, California, and he used to just argue with me and argue with me and argue with me. And and I thought, boy, he just doesn't doesn't want to hear anything, Father. I'm just done. And all of a sudden, he invited me to a home fellowship of his own people from his fellowship. And uh, I thought, well, we must be having a famous speaker in today if he's making this personal invitation. So I get there and then he starts talking about this person. He says, you know, I'm so angry when I met this person. I didn't believe anything they said. And and yet it got really crazy because every time I asked him something, it's like the Holy Spirit would just turn the knob a little bit on the Rolodex up in her mind and then pull out the card she needed to use and tell her exactly what to say because everything she says matches what's in her books and it's always the same and, and it and it doesn't waver to the left or to the right. And um, and so I'm introducing you to Sheila Holm. And I was like, I'm speaking today? And he never told me I was speaking. He just invited me to the meeting. But I know it was hard for him because he always would try and challenge me, argue with me, et cetera. And I kept saying, Father, they're rejecting me. And he goes, no, anyone who's rejecting you because you're representing me, they're rejecting me. And that was really hard to take. And then one of the toughest ones was when I went to him and I said, Father, remember how they loved me last week? They like really, really loved me. And they said all this wonderful stuff. And now somebody told them that something I said wasn't what they believed. And so now they think I have to believe the way they believe and not the way you tell me is the truth. And so it's like now they now they're starting to hate me or, or speak against me. And I don't know what to do. And he said, well, last week, did they lodge you with palm branches in the streets? And I went. Well, no, they didn't really do anything like that. You know, I was just saying, they just really, really loved me and were very complimentary. And he said, well, are they forming a tree into a cross? Are they doing something like that this weekend? I said, oh, no, God, they're not doing anything like that. And he goes, because what you need to know is even if they stoned you to death and left you outside the city for dead, as they did with my Paul, would I not raise you up and transport you to another city to preach? Yeah. What are you going to say? What are you going to say to something like that? You know, and that's why I say this is a major treasure hunt. It is a major treasure hunt. And um, and I I did interviews uh, summarizing all that stuff that happened with Flynn on that seven rays thing, because it is part of the Catholic Church. It is a rosary. It does have a prayer card. It is on the Internet. Look it up for the rosary of the seven rays. But now here's you ready for the rest of the story on the seven rays. Yes. Yes. The Catholic Church took it out of the Babylonian Talmud, the seven rays. Wow. Counterfeit to, and they're the seven, they relate to the seven Noahide laws. 
that our government put in in 1992 and confirmed to put it in the education system in 1993 by joint house resolution. And I put both of these in the end of, in the back of book five, the one you held up in the reference section, you'll find them. And their power number is 14. And I mean, their, their, um, their number against us is 14. That's why the guidestones, you divide 14 into 7 billion and they had 500 million mm. is, what it is the result. That's where they're going to take out 500 million. And you know, and the, one first, of the, no, the first Noahide Laws uh, Joint House Resolution in 1992 under Bush 41 was uh, Joint House Resolution 14. In 1993 under Clinton with a completely different Congress and Senate, that Joint House Resolution was approved completely and that took it into the education system and what they said was that the Noahide laws said it right in there are the basis of a civil society they are the basis of our morals and that's exactly when they started taking the Ten Commandments out of the courthouses the schoolhouses the state houses and that is something that I highly encourage parents everywhere to, you know, really, you know, when you see things like that happening, number one, if they took them out, we can definitely put them back in. I say, you know, one woman basically, you know, whether she was really a woman or a woman with a lot of money and a lot of um, people behind her was utilized to remove all of, you know, all of the, con uh, excuse me, all of the, um, uh, all of the prayer and um, the Bibles from schools, even Bible readings from schools, then we can definitely put them back in. So don't think that you can't. And I'm tired of hearing people that say, oh, well, this it's just gone too far. There's nothing we can do. Or, well, our Constitution's not really in play. You know, they're saying that the Constitution's really a thing of the past. Yeah, of course. That's what they want you to believe. Please stop yourselves, people. I mean, if you listen, I can't even hear that right now. I will go off on somebody that tells me that right now. <laughs> so, you know, because the thing is, nobody can really argue back with the Constitution. And, and, and you'll ask them ahead of time, is the Constitution, does it supersede all laws? Yes. OK. Did you take a constitutional oath? Yes. OK. So but we have this rule over here. We have this statue. We have this other law. And it's like. You just told me the Constitution superseded all laws, and now you want to argue about this. <laughs> and some of the people may be watching may know <laughs> that behind the scenes, we we definitely go to bat for those things because it's they are questions that that people want to believe our government is in control. Our government is not in control of us. We are in control of us under the father and we do have to ask him for help and ask him for guidance and what we need to do next. And trust me, I, Sheila, he will tell us, <laughs> he will tell us. So when you ask, you better be ready. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, and um, it is so powerful to understand that our founding fathers were major men of God. And they ended up sacrificing everything to make this happen. And yet what Benjamin Franklin told Mrs. Powell on that day when he came out of the Constitutional Convention, she said, what did you give us, sir? And he said, I gave you, we gave you a republic if you can keep it. The only way you can have a republic is if we, the people, know our state constitutions. We know that our laws are based upon the Ten Commandments and the Bible. That's why our president, when they, were, they had burned that church, 
behind the White House and he walked Bill Barr and some other people that were with him. He said, let's just go for a walk. And they went and walked out to that church. He held up his uh, he held up the Bible and said, this is our law. He made it very, very clear. But it's not going to matter what they do in, in ever again in D.C. It doesn't matter what anybody does at the national level, because those people at the national level were only supposed to leave their uh, plantations, ranches, um, businesses to go and do national business when it was required and then go back because they were supposed to own so much land. They were supposed to own. We're going to I hopefully go back to our original republic constitution. Um, instead of the one under the corporation and come back to that level of truth because until people have a stake in the process, they don't have the commitment required to carry through. Now, so we, we have, we, the people can either make it happen or we can sit back and let all of this sweep right back in within the next 50 years. That's right. And when it comes to when it comes to the Constitution, one of the one of the very interesting things um, you had, had encouraged me to do is read my state constitution and to read the 1868 or 1838 state constitution, which I've done. And matter of fact, that constitution actually states that no political office is to have any sort of payment whatsoever, mm-hmm. and when you are in political office, you cannot cam. You not only can you not campaign, but you cannot actually go against um, anyone in court. You can't mm-hmm. sue them. It stops mm-hmm. you from suing them. It stops you from from being an attorney. It stops many things because it goes back to what actually makes common sense and the problems that we're having. They they were not allowed in the judicial arm at all. Like they weren't there. It it even stated that they're not even allowed to basically do the majority of things that our government is allowed to do. So yesterday, Sheila, Rand Paul or or a couple days ago, maybe it's I just saw the video yesterday. So Rand Paul went on a Rand rant, I call them. And um, he basically said we need to go back to the Constitution because they would not give their money if we ask congress to fund if we're asking them to fund then they need to give their money because it's, mm-hmm. they're not allowed to give our money even our, well, our constitution says they're not allowed mm-hmm. to give it so why do we allow it like why do people think that it, that is okay it's so different than um biblically you know stating that we're supposed to give a 10 percent tithe you know that is in my opinion that that can go a, a multitude of ways you yourself are a widow uh, or a widower right and there are many people that you know that are in your position that we're supposed to be helping in terms of you know the, the mother with you know the mother with no fathers and the widowers and the um even our veterans and other things that our churches we think that they're supposed to be helping and so one of the things that i encourage people to do is if you are giving to a church, you are also accountable to making sure that the money that you're giving, you're accountable to see where that money is going. Because if not, to me, you're might, you might as well be like throwing money into the fountain because we don't know where it's going. So, you know, when people say, I don't want to quit giving to the church. Okay, so what have you done to 
to investigate where your where your money is going. You know, and it's it's really the same with the government is basically the point that I'm trying to make. So we've got basically got a situation where the states, the federal government and the churches are all on a taking forum. And none of us are paying attention to what they're actually spending the monies on and if it's even legal. Well, it's identical across the board. There's no difference between the deep state church, the deep state government, the deep state Hollywood, the deep state law enforcement, the deep state justice uh, <laughs> division. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all the same. There, and I've said this again and again. There's no lines in between. They're all operating the same way. You keep giving money up for somebody else to take care of your issues, and nobody's nobody's doing anything to help the people. And it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. It doesn't matter what part of uh, any of those categories you're in. Um, you get the same result. Absolutely. Give us your money and then you're stuck without your money is what, where you're at. And yeah. then people blame God because they don't want anybody following God anyway. They want you to follow man. That's why the programming. Yes. That's why TV programming. Mm -hmm. That's why cable services where you pay a fee and they're paying all these channels that have just horrible stuff on it, but you have no control over that because you're just paying a fee. And then if you want anything decent or good, you have to pay an extra fee. And it just, that's right. how it works. Well, and they're channeling. You know, channeling is a big thing of the occult as well. <laughs> they channel, you know, they channel information and mm -hmm. they astro project and they channel and um, it, it's just amazing that we've accepted, especially as Christians, we've accepted this stance that they've you know, that they've given, that they've just given it to us, and then we turn around and we accept it. That's that's what's well, really it's generation to generation. You know, this is uh, we're a long way away from what the Pilgrims set up in this nation. We're a long way away from that. And even though the generation of the World War II and World War I and World War II timeframe, uh, our men ran off to help in World War I and having no idea and no involvement in it or no connection to it, but just didn't want the horrific things that we were programmed to think were happening to go help them. And it was a horrific situation they were thrown into. <laughs> but that being the greatest generation, they didn't pass it on. No. Look at what's happened. And that's why Ronald Reagan said we're only ever one generation away from losing our freedoms. Mm -hmm. And Sheila, when it comes to, when it comes to the monuments, um, you mentioned earlier about the state monument. So, I'm sorry. No, that's OK. Uh, so with the faith monument, one of the things that um, I wanted um, to make sure that people in my audience knew about you did a great um, you did a great interview with good dog <laughs> he's cubits with good dog and you did a great interview with him regarding the freedom monument and um, when you did that interview you guys actually went over all the different parts of the monument so I definitely encourage people to go and look at what Sheila's talking about. I'll make sure to comment the video um, on all the different platforms that I'm referring to, because that is a great video for people to really watch, to see what this monument that's been there for, um, I don't even know, Sheila, was, has it been like a couple hundred years? They didn't put it up till 1889, and then they credited Congress and um, for paying for it. It was the Pilgrim Society that paid for it. 
It's got the word faith right above, but they call it a national monument to the forefathers. And that's so nobody wants to go just see another monument. Mm-hmm. So nobody knows it's even really up there in a cul-de-sac in Plymouth, Massachusetts. So my first time of setting feet on the soil was July 15 this year. And that's when we had a big Gideon's Army gathering. Mm-hmm. And um, when that happened, then we, um, I said, you're, you're only going to be like 20, 30 minutes from the faith monument. So they added it. And, um, and then I went and I went ahead and gave him a tour of it and good dog microphoned me, but he only had me showing up. So as I'm pointing up to things and turning around and, and identifying things, he's just got me on the camera. So um, I can send you one of the reawakened tours uh, where I shared that video okay. and Robert Agee of Banners for Freedom inserted all of the pieces of the monument I'm talking about. So it's still, you see in the back of my head more than you see me, that you you see me pointing at things and then he's got the pictures of what I'm pointing to. And so yeah, I can yeah. send that to you so you can share that. that would be great. The PowerPoint, I think I sent it to you, the PowerPoint of comparing the faith monument to the soldier monument that they erected in 1865. Yeah, that was they erected out of concrete and dedicated to President Lincoln because they knew what they were fighting and, and it just they didn't what they were fighting for didn't didn't happen. Well, I know that there's lots of, lots of questions uh, already coming up, um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, what the monuments actually mean, you know, because, you know, I don't want to get into the Statue of Liberty today because, you know, people are so, you know, taken back when they hear, you know, that some of these statues that we have around are satanic and maybe some of them actually need to come down. Um, and it's maybe not the ones that they took down of, you know, all of the generals, Um in terms of, you know, what um, Antifa was trying to destroy um, in early 2020 um, or what that is. But one of the things that I would like to leave everybody with is um, anything that you want to say, Sheila, regarding, you know, where you're going to be next. And then hopefully we can have you back on. I want to make sure that I respect your time. I know you're, you've got lots of travel coming up and you need your rest. And, and I know that you're, you're not feeling so well and we appreciate you just jumping on with us. Uh, But where are you going to be next? Where can people find you? I'm, um, I'm on my way starting tomorrow morning to get to Ohio. There's a revival um, with a lot of the same people who were in Kansas in June and the revival is going to be in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I can give you the link for that or the, or the flyer for that. So you can share that. Absolutely. And then after that, I'm going to be at Reawaken in Mannheim, Pennsylvania uh, in a week and a half, two weeks after that. And then uh, I'm going to be in Branson, Missouri at Reawaken one and a half weeks after that. And then the very next weekend after that, I'm going to be in Salt Lake City at Red Pill um, Symposium. And um, G. Edward Griffin, the rope creature of uh, Jekyll Island, is, I'm going to be on platform with him. Oh, wow. uh, we just had a personal conversation a couple of days ago, and and I've wanted that conversation for more than 20 years, so it was just a real powerful evening. Well, we're going to make it for, for us to be able to share some of the events and things um, on. Uh, we're, we're rebuilding Patriots Perspective. We've added a, an events section. So I will add all of your events for people that want to know where you're at, just in case you're going to be in an area near them so that they can come meet you, greet you, hug on you, love on you. Um, that's 
always a great thing, I know. Um, but I do want to encourage people that if you have not already, you know, dove into some of Sheila's books that um, you definitely start. Um, I've started with um, the Forsake America series. Um, I have them all, but I have all of your books, Sheila, uh, which, you know, <laughs> two copies of them. Um, and originally um, when we bought the copies, this is kind of a funny story. Um, I don't know what happened to the second copy. <clears throat> arrived. All the all the book copies arrived. Uh, I thought that I had taken them to Georgia with me, and I'm pretty sure that I did. And they disappeared on the way. But the way I look at it is, somebody got the books that needed the books worse than I did. And fortunately, I had gotten myself and my mom a copy. So we've been sharing a copy, but somebody out there somewhere has uh, an entire set of your books, Sheila, <laughs> that they have been um, gifted somewhere along the way, maybe in the Atlanta airport. Um, but I've just looked at it as a way that this is definitely something that somebody needed along the way. But I want to thank you for just listening to God and to listening to everything that he's told you and putting it on in writing for us, because it is amazing. Um, I know a lot of people that I've encouraged to get your books have downloaded them on Kindle and they utilize them for research tools on Kindle because they're able to research their entire library. So that could be something for the researchers out there um, that that may be a good idea for you because they are loaded with information. I, I mean, every Every page has a ton of information on it. And um, we're just grateful for, to you, Sheila. We appreciate you. So the book you're missing is book two of the series? No, no, no. no. We have it. We have two. I have it in my apartment. <laughs> okay. So you do have a full set. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because the, the surprise is don't, don't put it through uh, TSA luggage. Uh, make sure you do it on carry-on. Because I hear about this a lot. We, we help a lot of people replace their books. Uh, I hear about this often. Really? Uh, don't put it in your regular suitcase and put it through baggage. Uh, actually, if you're going to carry the books, uh, carry them with you on the flight. Put them in your personal bag or in your um, bag that you put in the upper container. And make sure that after you go through TSA, that you open that bag where TSA people are and... Um, and ask if the book is not there. Yeah, wow. don't, don't put it in your regular luggage. Mine was, my regular, I, mine was my, my regular luggage. I had things that I'd taken to my daughters. Mm -hmm. and I thought maybe <clears throat> I'd left them there. I don't think so. But somewhere between in Miami and Atlanta, mm -hmm. they disappeared. Mm -hmm. So that's well, very I've had people, the chlorine dioxide, I've had people where they've opened up uh, the Ziploc bags they're in. Uh, they've opened up the containers, spilled it all over their clothing, and um, it damages the clothing. And um, TSA is not our friend, but the Patriot Act came up at 911. And so we're going to be we're going to be dealing with a lot of things. And that's why we, the people, have to seek the truth from the Father because if, if if he can show me where all these things are and and show me what we need to do about it, he's he's seriously he's not going to do it for me and not do it for you. He's just that's not. Right. He's, he's a loving Father. And that's what I most appreciate appreciate you for um, is that you know sometimes even when I seek answers from you, <laughs> you point me right back in the right direction. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's because he's got your answer. Yeah. 
No, you're right. You're right. And sometimes we just need a human to maybe give us an idea, especially, you know, in the business world, because you have given me so many ideas that even, you know, attorneys, um, great businessmen that, you know, I've shared that information with a lot of other people. And they're, they're like, you know, instead of right now, instead of arguing back, they are questioning Mm -hmm. how this happened. And which is good. So we're going to we're I believe we're in a really good time. And, um, you know, I want to thank everybody who has tuned in here with us. And um, if you do have questions, um, hopefully, Sheila, I would love to have you on anytime that you're available. You know, like even with this interview, Sheila texted me this afternoon and said, I have a spot opened up and I'm most grateful. And I really thank you for for sharing your expertise um, with everyone And um, we do have the link below for all of your books um, directly from your website and also on Amazon, whichever you prefer. Um, Just get them, read them because they are eye opening and and they're very, very well written and and written in in a way that we speak, which is great. It's father. They said there's a different voice in every book. And I said, the father has a different message. So when you listed them like a peculiar people, we're a holy nation, a peculiar people. And we need to remember that discipleship of peculiar people is being done by peculiar people. We are not all the same. And we're not going to get on the same page until we start loving one another and um, and hearing from the Father as to who people are. Um, we're living in very powerful times. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the most miraculous times in all of history. And, and I, I really believe, Sheila, that if we don't do the things that he tells us to do, we're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't think there's I don't think there's a lot of room for error um, when it comes to when he does when we do ask what he would like us to do and then we don't do it. Let's put it this way. Um, that that's first on my agenda when when he tells me to do something and, and I'm probably driving everyone out around me crazy because mm-hmm. that's what I know, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what's next, um, mm-hmm. but I'm just doing what what he tells me and um, finding things as he tells me. And I, and, and I appreciate your wealth of information that you. Well, thank you. And when you say the attorneys that set up questions, those are my first clients. When um, my corporation, when I had the trial with the corporation, they became my first clients to kind of get me through that whole process because they said we became, we, did a lot of school. We learned how to be great attorneys. We learned how to be great doctors, um, but we never learned how to run a business. So would you come and help us be as yeah, successful yeah. as you've been in your corporation? And um, cause they watched what happened, you know, and by the grace of God, it could be happening to them too. And so, uh, because they ruined a lot of businesses in San Diego, not just mine with the Rico charges, the racketeering. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would love so, to have you on. I would love to have you on just to talk about even about business if you're willing to come on and and because mm-hmm. I have a lot of you know I'm a business consultant and I have a ton of business um, clients you know that are small business that we could probably help and give them some ideas and things that they need to look out for as well um, that I'm sure that they would appreciate that. So if you're willing, that would be an mm-hmm. awesome awesome time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sheila. Well, everybody, thank you very much. Sheila, do you have anything else you want to say? And mom, let's see if you can try to, uh, oh, Ohio Brett is saying, great job. Who's the model you hired? I saw that, Brett. No, you're muted.
Yeah, she's muted. We're trying this. This is not working, but we thank you, Sheila. We really do. <laughs> it, w it would work if you had her zoom in, too. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure why it's not working properly. I think You're they're in the same area, and it's what the microphones do. They, they bounce off of each other. So that's all you're getting is you're getting feedback on the microphones. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> We we should have done a, a more testing than we did. We didn't have a third person on when we were testing earlier. Mm -hmm. So I think that mm -hmm. there there must be something on that. But and Brett, Ohio Brett's going to connect me with a sound person next. So we're going to be even better the next time, Sheila's. But thank you mm -hmm. so much for for coming on last minute, and and we really really appreciate you, everybody. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you do go to hisbest.org. That is Sheila's website. Sign up there for any newsletters or information that she may have. Um, we are rebuilding patriotsperspective.com. It will be launching any day now. It has a complete resource library. It also has an events page um, where we will have all of these great events for anything that we think that might be happening. We'll make sure to put Ohio Brett's information on there too, because we know that Ohio Brett is on the move in all 50 states. Uh, and um, Sheila graciously connected me with Ohio Brett. And I'm so grateful because I've made so many friends, including his awesome girlfriend, Hollis, who is probably listening in. And he's probably forced her to have to listen to me even longer. So <laughs> thank you so much, Brett. And thank you, Sheila, for connecting us and for everything that you've done. Everybody, patriotsperspective.com. Pay attention because we have the launch coming up in about two days. And I look forward to being able to broadcast there and especially after we get the sound issue fixed. So thank you, everybody. Good night and God bless you. Good night. Bless you.